Welcome to 24-Hour Expert. You'll enjoy this podcast if you're someone who likes learning about different topics or just enjoys a good old fun fact. I'm Allie. And I'm Dan. Each week, we challenge each other to become an expert on a random topic in just 24 hours. Now it's time to find out how much we've learned. Hi, Dan. Hi. It's been so long since we've talked. I know. Honestly, it's felt like hours. So you don't know what this week's topic is. I don't. This is becoming a habit of ours, these surprise topics. We might have to change our intro. I know, right? Challenge each other. Like, challenge ourselves. (laughs) Challenge ourselves. Hey, you know what? We're busy people. We live busy lives. But keep sending in topics. We love getting listener topics. This week's topic is inspired by a new workout program I'm doing. Oh. Yes. So this week we're going to talk about boxing. Oh, okay, cool. So mostly history of boxing, because boxing has been around for a long time. Boxing, Daniel, if you don't know, is an amateur and professional sport that involves attack and defensive moves with your fists. Padded gloves are usually worn and opponents are matched by weight. I feel like, I feel like, yes, yes, I I think I did know that. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. So modern rules are heavily influenced by the Marquess, which is a station you have in England, like station like Duke, Duchess, that kind of. Okay. So we'll go into more detail later about who kind of made these rules, but I want to go through the rules with you because I thought they're actually interesting reading through them. Okay. Rule one is the ring is 24 feet. Rule two, no wrestling or hugging. So sorry, Dan, you can't go hug your opponent. Oh. Wait, can we go back? The ring, isn't it a square? It is. It's 24 by 24 by 24 by 24. Oh, okay. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I'm with you. So rule three, rounds are three minutes and there's one minute in between. Rule four, if you fall, you must get up without help. You have 10 seconds to do so. Once you are on your feet, the round starts again. The other boxer must return to his corner if you're on the ground. If you don't get up, the ref can award in favor of the other boxer. Oh, okay. Rule five. If you are hanging on the ropes in a helpless state with your toes off the ground, you are considered down. So same rules as we just talked about for number four. You have 10 seconds or else you're out. Right. I kind of feel like if you're just hanging there, if you're just dangling your feet, like obviously there's something wrong. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe you're just done. Rule six. No one else can enter the ring during the rounds. Okay. So just the boxers. You can't have a friend jump in to help you. Not allowed. Makes sense. Rule seven. If there is unavoidable interference, the referee names the time and place to finish the match, unless the backers of both boxers agree to a draw. Interesting. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that the boxers don't get to agree. It's whoever's paying for it. Right. (laughs) Rule eight. Gloves should be fair-sized, best quality, and new. Okay. Rule nine, if a glove bursts or comes off, it must be replaced to the referee's satisfaction. So the referee gets to inspect and say yes or no. Okay. You can't have like bricks in your gloves? Nope. Can't do it. Rule 10, if you are on one knee, you are considered down. You can't be hit and you are entitled to stakes. I don't know what stakes is, but maybe it's... The other opponent has to take you to a nice dinner. Yeah. <laughs> take you to the Outback Steakhouse, get you a blooming onion. So I take it this one knee, but if you're on two knees, you're probably down too. Yeah. Rule 11, no shoes or boots with springs allowed. Oh, 
just don't even try. Don't even do it. No moon shoes in the boxing <laughs> Sorry, ring. Sorry, Weldy Coyote. Not going to get the Roadrunner this time. Nope. And rule 12, the rest of the rules are according to the London prize ring rules for bare knuckle boxing. Don't worry, I'm not going to go and read all those. Oh, okay. So this is kind of the rules that kind of made what is modern boxing. Oh, okay. That's interesting. So I have a question, and I wonder this all the time. So in London, in England, in mm-hmm. they use the metric system, right? Right. So they at the beginning of this, we were talking about feet. But like feet is not metric, that's imperial, right? Right. How come when I'm watching British TV shows... Or listening to British people talk, I don't know. They're always saying about feet and inches. I don't know. That's a great question. I haven't watched that many British things, so or I miles. Not Sometimes that. they talk about miles, and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. You don't have miles. I don't know. That's a really good question. So I would love a Brit to please reach out and tell me why. I mean, it's fine. I don't care. It actually helps me because I know what it is. Right. But I'm just curious if if they if you don't use imperial measurement, then how come it's in a lot of the British TV shows and movies? That's a really good question. Yeah. Somebody email us. Let us know. So you win a match because I know you're going to ask by outscoring the opponent and we'll get to scoring. Okay. Or by rendering the opponent incapable of continuing the match. That's like a knockout, right? Yeah. Or, you know, if they fall down and they don't get up in those 10 seconds, then they're done. Yeah, done. Another term for match are bouts. So the bouts range from three to 12 rounds. And like I mentioned, each round is normally 30, or each round is normally three minutes, not 30 minutes. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? You'd be so dead. <laughs> I know. Boxing. And this was, I guess. Now that I think about it, not surprising, but when I first read it, I was like, oh my gosh. Boxing became a formal Olympic event in 688 BCE, which was the 23rd Olympiad. Really? So it's an old sport. Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Long time. And speaking of long time... Men have been beating each other since the beginning of time, practically. The earliest visual evidence is in Sumerian relief carvings from the third millennia BCE. Really? Men just can't help themselves. (laughs) Men are so stupid. They just have to beat each other. (laughs) There's a relief sculpture from Egypt, circa 1350 BCE, that depicts both boxers and spectators. So not only are they beating each other, people love to watch it. Wow. We are so predictable. This is a fun fact for you here. Some of these early depictions even show bands around the wrist, which is early evidence of the use of gloves and hand coverings. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you want to protect your little digits exactly the earliest evidence of rules for the sport come from ancient greece where there were no rounds the boxing just continued until one fighter gave up or could no longer fight clinching which is holding an opponent like a hug with one or both arms was strictly forbidden so that was basically the own rule you can't Hmm. hold on to him you just have to keep fighting okay and this is just a kind of another fun fact This sport was something that all social classes of people could enjoy and participate in, and many fighters often came from wealthy and distinguished backgrounds. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go provide for your family. You can just go punch people for a living, for fun. people up, yeah. So I don't know if we're going to get to this, but this whole time I'm thinking, I just don't have it in me. Like, No. You know, like, oh, 12 rounds. No, I don't even have... I've never been punched in my life. Let's hope I get through my entire life without being punched. I've never thrown a punch in my life. 
Same. I just hope that never it never comes to that. But to think that like, oh, like this is a sport that Olympians do. And oh, like I don't envy them, but that's impressive. It is. We'll talk about it. But boxers will obviously become kind of, you know, looked at as rugged and manly. Yeah. Yeah. Boxing appears in Greek literature, which offers evidence that the sport caused disfigurement and occasionally death. There is a passage about an amazingly bloody bout in the Iliad. Let me read it in its entirety to you. Okay. I know. I'm just kidding. It's like a page long. I'm not going to read it. (laughs) I do love the Iliad, though. I think we read it in school. I never did. Hmm. I've I've heard the name, but I've never read it. So now let's talk about some thongs. Thong, 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 thong. Thong. Yes, but not what you think a thong is. Actually, when you hear the word thong, do you think underwear or flip-flops? Well, it depends on the context. It could be either. Because I only ever think underwear. Also, fun fact, not even kind of related, but whatever. Uh, I have a friend from Hawaii, and she refers to them as slippers. Flip-flops as slippers? Yeah, they're slippers. Huh. I like that better than thongs. Yeah. Anyways, we're not talking about either. Thongs are actually what the early version of boxing gloves were called. They were just a strip of hard leather that you wore over your knuckles to make them, and I'm going to quote on this one, lacerative weapons. Wow. Yeah, so you can cut people's up, is basically. Yeah, yeah. That's intense. Padded gloves were used for practice, which were similar to modern gloves, but they were not used in the actual fights. And then let's talk about the Romans, because they are not to be outdone. <laughs> So they often had lumps of metal or spikes sewn into their thongs. What? Yeah. Who's getting in that ring? I know. That's my first question. Who's like, oh, yeah, Dan put a bunch of spikes in his thong. I want to go let him hit me a bunch of times. Right. Gosh, no. I mean, at that point, just use a weapon. What are you doing? Yeah. No, I I don't get it. And for Romans, boxing matches took place in both sporting and gladiatorial arenas. Mm. So it's kind of two different events, though, because the gladiatorial boxing usually ended with the death of the losing boxer. Who would do that? Again, I don't, I don't get it at all. Unless you're like one of those people that thinks you're going to die in like a glorious way and you'll go on to the afterlife and be like super popular and brave and rewarded or something. I don't know. I don't either. Like I can see the appeal of what we like modern boxing, but this stuff, no. No, thank you. Not at all. So actually, boxing kind of started to decline with the rise of Christianity, and it kind of just ceased as entertainment for many centuries. And then it picked back up again in the 1600s. There is a record of a bout in Britain in 1681, and by 1698, regular contests were being held in the Royal Theatre of London. The fighters performed for whatever purses were agreed upon, plus stakes, Stakes are side bets. There's a little lingo for you. Okay. Is that the same stakes as what we're talking about before? I don't know, because the stakes in the... Oh, maybe it is. Maybe that makes sense. Well, it says you can't be hit if you're entitled to stakes. I don't know. I'm not sure if they're the same. But either way, stakes are side bets. Admirers would often wager on the outcomes. So they were betting on the boxing. Sure. Matches were fought without gloves which is called bare-knuckle boxing, and for the most part without rules. There were not weight divisions yet, so the bigger men had the advantage. And maybe a fun fact, maybe not so fun, until the mid-1700s, it was common to keep hitting your opponent when he was down. (laughs) So at this point in time, we still don't have the rules that I talked about earlier. Maybe that's where that saying, kick them while they're down, came from. Mm, 
We are going to get into a lot of sayings that have come about because of boxing. Oh, but that fun. wasn't one on my list. What do they call that? Etymology? I love that. I don't know. It's like the study of the origin of words. I know entomology is bugs. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, daylight saving time. Boxing was illegal in England, but popular. And by 1719, the prize fighter James Figg was the acclaimed champion of England, a distinction he held for 15 years. One of his students, Jack Broughton, is credited with taking the first steps to making boxing an accepted and respected athletic sport. He is the one who devised the first set of rules that the rules I read you were then based on. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make anything popular, just make it illegal. Yeah, exactly. It's actually going to be illegal for a really long time. It's surprising. Wow. So Jack ended up making these rules because one of his opponents died as a result of his fight-related injuries. So he felt bad. And he's like, you have to fix this. It's not cool. We just want to have fun and beat each other up. Yeah. That's me. He didn't literally say that. Allie said that. (laughs) Quote, unquote. We had the video from the 1600s. Yeah, exactly. Broughton, Jack Broughton, attracted new people to the sport by introducing mufflers, which are the forerunners of modern gloves, to protect fighters' hands and the opponent's face. Well, that's good. I I love a good muffler. Gotta get those mufflers. I have another maybe fun fact for you. Ironically, the use of of gloves, the protective devices, proved to be more dangerous than bare fists. Because when boxers wear gloves, they are more likely to aim for their opponent's head, whereas when they were barehanded, they tended to aim for softer targets, like their torso, to avoid injuries to their hand. So brain damage associated with boxing can actually be traced, in part, to the introduction of padded gloves. That totally makes sense to me. That totally makes sense. Yeah. Because I don't want to mess up my hand hitting your skull. Right? It's so bony. You're going to hurt your hand. Right. I'm going to hit you where it's soft. But that was just, I mean, it makes total sense. But reading that, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's insane. Right. Right. That would be a really fun episode to do of like uh, an an episode on unintended consequences. That would be really interesting. Yes. Because I know there's a lot of stuff out there that like they did not expect that to be the outcome. Exactly. Yeah. Add this to the list. Never would have thought of it, but it's so obvious once you hear it. So sadly, in 1750, Jack Broughton lost his title to Jack Slack. Is everyone named Jack in in this story? (laughs) Apparently. Also in the 1700s, fixed fights started to become common and boxing actually experienced a decline because people didn't want to watch or bet because they knew all the fights were being fixed. Oh, well, I mean, that's what wrestling is now, right? Professional wrestling? Yeah, I guess so. People still love to watch that, but you're not betting on it, really. No, and that has a lot more theatrics. People are going for a show for that. Oh, yeah. I loved that. Oh, I loved watching that growing up. I never really was into it. For a hot second, I liked John Cena, but I literally never watched a match. I just thought he was cute. Oh, yeah. Like, we'd always have that one friend who had satellite, but their parents would let us order the pay-per-view for, like, Sunday Night Smackdown. You had to give them $3 for it. You know what? Looking back, their parents probably made so much money off of us while coming over there, because, like, there'd be, you know, 15 kids, three dollars it's not 45 dollars to buy that thing huh oh my gosh who charges kids for a tv show like if you can't afford it don't buy it well true but no it's it's definitely a thing that people did but that is crazy to me that's wrestling and we're talking about boxing so exactly let's get back to boxing 
1838, the London Prize rules were initiated. This is around the same time that boxing really began to take hold in larger urban areas in the United States. So now we've made it to the United States. Okay. Boxing was considered the national sport of Britain. So even in America, many boxers were from either England or Ireland. There were very few American-born boxers at the time. Interesting. All right. Are you ready to get to your common phrases that come from boxing? Yes, please. Okay. Common phrases that come from boxing. Start from scratch. Really? And not up to the mark. Okay. Both of these are in reference to the scratch, which was a line drawn in the dirt of the ring. So imagine a dirt ring. So there's just stakes and ropes on in the dirt. So they draw a line in the middle called the scratch. And at the beginning of each round, the boxers had to put their toes against the line to prove that they were fit enough to fight the bout. Mm, what? They, to prove they were fit enough, they just had to stand there? Yeah. Okay. I know, Dan, we're in like the 1800s. That's all they needed to know. (laughs) Okay, 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 okay. Before you do this really dangerous thing, we need to make sure you're fit and you can survive it. We need you to stand on this line, please. All right, you're good. (laughs) Nose to nose. (laughs) Yep. Okay, yes, yes, that checks out. So the term high stakes also comes from boxing. And so stakes are the money that you win, right? So they would hang the bag of money on a stake. And so it would just hang there. And there's your motivation to keep fighting. Oh, wow. It's like the carrot at the end of the stick. Yep. And then, you know, you win, you get to take the bag of money off the stake. So there's your high stakes. I love that. Yeah. And the monetary meaning of stakes. So stakes meaning money obviously also comes from boxing. Sure. Not... The Outback Steakhouse. Right. Knockout. Like if you see an attractive person, you're like, oh, they're a knockout boxing. Right. Yes. But like, just think about what you're saying. They're so attractive. You're going to be incapacitated. Yes. And then they're going to walk away. Never know you. Oh, that would be sad. Hopefully not a literal knockout. Right, 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 right. And then draw, as in draw meaning a tie, also comes from boxing. And this one was a little bit more of a stretch for me. I mean, a stretch. I believe what I read that this comes from this, but I don't get so much how. So it says that a draw is a tie because they would draw the stakes from the ground when the fight was over if no one won. But wouldn't they still have to take the stakes out if there was a winner? Because you take the ring apart? But isn't the stakes... Isn't the stakes the thing that's hanging from the tree, the money? Oh, see, that would be more sense. I always think the literal like stakes they use to make the ring. Oh, right. No, I'm thinking maybe it's the stakes. They would say, well, we're going to draw these stakes because nobody won them. Nobody gets to take them home. Okay, yeah, because what I read said draw the stakes from the ground. So I'm thinking like the literal posts. Oh, maybe, yeah. But yours makes way more sense, so I don't know. Can we just... Why did we, in English, decide that we were going to have three words pronounced the exact same way? I I don't know. I never would have designed it this way. No. Still, all of this is happening, and boxing is still illegal. Let's keep that in mind. Oh, dang. So they're, like, doing it in the behind the coppers' backs. I wasn't going to go into, you know, how it became legal in England. We're going to focus here in the United States now that boxing has made it to the United States. 
So in the United States, laws were passed to actually try and stop boxing. Like they upped like the assault laws and flat out said, no, this is not a legal thing to do. So matches were frequently held in remote backwaters and were not publicized because they didn't want the fighters to get arrested because they want them to keep fighting. Or they would hold fights on barges and take the barge out into international waters and then they were out of the U.S. Oh legal jurisdiction gosh. and they could oh have the fight. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Right? Everyone get on the barge, let's go watch the fight, and then we'll come back when it's done. Don't they have boats that do that now? Like in Florida, can't you go on a like casino cruise where it becomes a casino once it's in international waters oh i'm i'm sure i'm sure because i i've taken a couple cruises but i remember gambling on one of them but we definitely weren't in the united states we were probably in mexico when like the casino was actually open right it's so wild that's so funny yeah so eventually it got so popular and profitable which is you know why they really made it legal let's not kid ourselves here right Along with the fact that heavyweight champions started to symbolize American might and resolve, it really led to the sport's acceptance, and they actually started using it as a training tool in World War One. Oh, okay. That also helped with its positive image, because then it became associated with the soldiers fighting for our country. Right, right, right. And they still do boxing training in... From what I was reading, boot camps are military training. Oh, that's interesting. Although I think probably for your average soldier, hand-to-hand combat is probably pretty rare nowadays. Yeah, I would say nowadays probably, yeah. So authorities did come to sanction and regulate the activities through state boxing and athletic commissions. Now it's legal. Good. End of story. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So in the early 20th century, boxing became a path to riches and social acceptance for various ethnic and racial groups. There was a lot that were named and a lot of really great fighters from all these different groups were named. Way too many. I'm not going to sit here. One, you know, I can't pronounce people's names, so I'm not going to even try to read this list. I'll just say there was great boxers that they mentioned from German background, Irish, Jewish, Scandinavian, Italian-American, and African-American backgrounds. Okay, so I wanted to touch on the scoring of boxing real quick, and then I want to end with a fun story. Okay. As I don't know how boxing matches were scored. Oh, I have no idea. None. I'm just like, okay. I mean, obviously, when somebody gets knocked out, I just assume the person who knocks them out is the winner. But there's actual points involved. So there's a 10-point scale. Most rounds end with a 10-9, with the dominant boxer receiving 10 points and the other receiving 9. I'm assuming that's based on the referee or judges. Sure. If a boxer is knocked down, he loses a point. If a boxer is knocked down twice, he loses two points. So the scoring is based on how many times you're knocked down. Okay. Generally. I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than that, but we don't need to get into that. (laughs) My fun story I wanted to share because I think it's really cool. And also it plays into where I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. So this is a Detroit boxer. Dan, I know you've been to Michigan. Have you heard of the Joe Louis Arena? I have. I've been to Joe Louis Arena. Yeah. So it's where the Detroit Red Wings, which is a hockey team, used to play. They no longer do, sadly. But I want to tell you the story of Joe Louis. Oh, okay. 
I love this. So in 1936, African-American fighter from Detroit, Joe Lewis, was matched against German fighter Max Schlemming. The bout was invested with both racial and political symbolism. So World War II started, just to give some background, in 1939. So tensions are kind of building, I'm assuming, is why this fight was so politically charged. Sure, that makes sense. So unfortunately, Joe Lewis loses to Schlemming in a 12th round knockout. So Joe gets knocked out. Then in 1967, Lewis won the world heavyweight title from James Braddock, but he wouldn't call himself the champion until he had beat Schlemming. Really? Yeah. He was like, nope, I got to beat the person who beat me or I'm not the real champion, which is super cool. Yeah, that's super cool. So on June 22nd, 1938... So again, World War II is about to start. He faced Schlemming again. Both boxers were spoken to by their respective leader. So President Franklin D. Roosevelt talked to Joe Lewis, and then Adolf Hitler talked to Schlemming. And the fight was really kind of um, a confrontation. People were kind of viewing it as a confrontation between the U.S. and the Nazis. Interesting. Where did it take place? Here in the U.S.? I think so. Okay. And didn't specifically say, but I think it did. But also I want to pause here so we can all think about this. What a huge weight is being placed on these fighters' shoulders. Right. Oh, yeah. The president is talking to you before your boxing match. Right. Yeah. And you're like, you got to win this for America. That's a hu- that's huge pressure. That is intense, for sure. Very intense. So happy to report our buddy Joe Lewis goes in there, wins in the first round, knockout. USA. 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 That's awesome. Good job, Joe. So then he's officially, officially by his own, you know, parameters, the heavyweight champion. That's awesome. Good job, Joe Lewis. I've heard of Joe Lewis. I never knew his actual story. So I just thought it was really cool. And his win was a really pivotal moment for African-American athletes and became a symbol of the triumph of world democracy. So just a huge, huge fight. And he just knocked it out. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, I guess I had always assumed that he was a hockey player because of the the arena was the hockey arena. I had no idea he was a boxer. Forgot why I knew he was a boxer, but I didn't know his story, like why he was so popular. But and it's kind of sad that the Red Wings don't play at the Joe Lewis anymore because it just a fun fact of the Joe Lewis, it was one of the last sports arena that wasn't commercialized and called after, you know, like, well, now the Red Wings play in Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of the last arenas that wasn't commercialized. Yeah, that's a bummer. We went to a hockey game there and it was very, very uncomfortable. (laughs) It was. It's very, very steep. I mean, the new arena is very nice. I've been to the new arena, but I just think the history is so cool. And I don't know, maybe they could have built a new arena and just kept the name. Right. Yeah. What an awesome person to have an arena named after. I mean, just a true, true athlete. True. So there you go, Dan. I mean, there's so much more. And there's so many amazing boxers who have done amazing things. I I, there's no way I could even touch on them all. And this is just a very brief history of boxing for you. Yeah. I'm actually surprised that we got out of here without talking about Rocky Balboa. I don't, I think I've seen at least one movie all the way through, but I've only ever seen bits and pieces of all the movies. I don't know that I've ever watched the whole series. And if I have, I obviously don't remember. We definitely did. We had the box set growing up, so we've seen them all. I I had this fun fact ready to go because I thought we were going to talk about Rocky. So can I just share my fun fact? Yes. 
Please hit me with your Rocky fun fact. So I had heard that Sylvester Stallone, when they were filming this, he told whatever, I don't know which which movie it was, but he told one of the boxers that he wanted to be hit for real on camera for the show, like not fake. So this boxer hit him in the head for real and Sylvester Stallone had to go to the hospital for like three days. He was in the ICU. Oh my gosh. Yeah, talk about method acting, huh? Oh my gosh. I was gonna say, I he looks like he's in such good shape. He's obviously in very good shape, but I guess that doesn't, you know, you're still not used to taking a punch just because you're muscular. Right, no. And then the other thing I thought we were gonna talk about is, do you ever remember on the Super Nintendo, or maybe it was regular Nintendo, it was called Mike Tyson's Punch-Out? I wasn't allowed to have video games. Mike Tyson's Knockout, I think it was called. Maybe it was Punch-Out. Anyway, it was a very classic NES game, and I was very good at maybe like the first four or five boxers, and then I was awful at it. <laughs> so you just fight. Yeah, yeah. You were like the scrappy little kid. I think your name was Max. Like, you train, and there, your your trainer would, he was this kind of overweight guy, and he'd wear these big sweatsuits, and he'd like ride, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's so many, I mean, even just like boxing scandals, and things that just so I, I tried to keep it just to some good old boxing history because I started reading and it was just super interesting because I mean I knew it was a old sport like it'd been around a while but. right yeah I mean if it's something's been around since 600 <laughs> the year 600 <laughs> you're gonna <laughs> right. accumulate some stuff I was curious what is this workout program uh it's called 10 rounds it's a beach body program Joel Freeman okay I thought it was gonna be our buddy Shanti um Shanti is my most favorite ever. But no, Joel's really good. I like him a lot too. All right, Dan, do with that what you will. It's your knowledge. You're free to forget it. And if there's anything we got wrong, you can always email us. Email us at 24hourexpert at gmail.com. Spell out all the words. It is also our Instagram, our Facebook, and our website. You can find us there. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to 24 Hour Expert. Our theme song is Lo-Fi World by Ricky Bombino. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe so you're notified of future episodes.